Kwaba. Welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast. By sites where you receive news, updates, discussion, and everything significant football and Ghana related. As always, I want you, the listeners, to be actively involved by tweeting or emailing us for discussion or wanting more information. I've been saying articles on the way for the past couple episodes, and they're finally uploaded on Portugal, South Korea, and Uruguay. Make sure you check them out. I'll be adding more sources to the articles. And my intention is to have a guest from each country to elaborate on the information provided, to make it more rounded. This week is all about the World Cup. We've gone from four years away to now weeks away. All the countries have had or are in a major transition in the four years since the last World Cup. But today, we'll review them. A World Cup review of Group H. Whilst Group H is not quite the group of death, for the four teams involved, Portugal, South Korea, Uruguay and Ghana, navigating a path into the next round from this group will not be an easy task, with just two of the top teams progressing into the knockout stage. There's very little room for error, especially as there's no obvious candidate as a favourite. There are also unknowables. How are the players in each squad cope with the Middle Eastern conditions? And what physical shape are some of them in after what's been a really busy season with some of them with their clubs? Portugal's best showing at the World Cup came in the inaugural year they qualified for the finals in 1966, when they reached the semi-finals and eventually claimed third place. However, since 2002, they've only once made it beyond the round of 16. They had to come through the playoffs after they were pipped the top spot in their qualifying group by Serbia but then beat Turkey and Macedonia, who convenient for them cleared a potential obstacle of Italy from their path. Their manager, Fernando Santos, now 67 years old, still has credit in the bank from having led them to the first international tournament of the Euros in 2016. They also won the inaugural Nations League, but he's under pressure from his job after their faltering qualification campaign. Much of the spotlight will be on Cristiano Ronaldo, who, at the age of 38, will play in his last World Cup. He may have fallen out of favour with his club Manchester United, but the world's all-time international goalscorer still has a key role to play for his country. South Korea famously reached the semi-finals of the World Cup in 2002 when they co-hosted it with Japan, although there was more than a whiff of controversy about some of the refereeing decisions that appeared to benefit them. That, though, remains the only time in their history that they have gone beyond the group stages. In fact, apologies, they went to the last 16 in 2010 as well. However, Progress through to Qatar was relatively serene, although they did have to settle for second place in a group behind Iran. Their manager, Paolo Bento, was formerly in charge of the Portugal team and has been in charge for four years now, having replaced their previous manager from the last World Cup. Undoubtedly, their star man is captain and Tottenham forward Son Hu Min, and their chance in the World Cup have been dealt a huge blow after he damaged his eye socket playing in the Champions League against Marseille. He has since undergone operation. He is now in a race against time to be fit for the tournament, and if he does play, he will need to wear a protective mask. If any country can be said to have consistently punched above its weight in World Cups is Uruguay. Despite a population of just 3.2 million people, they've won it twice and have finished fourth from three occasions and reached the last eight of Russia four years ago. However, at one stage in a qualifying campaign, it looked like they were destined to miss out on Qatar altogether after four successive defeats left them seventh in the South American qualifying round. But the bold decision by the Uruguayan FA to sack long-standing coach Oscar Tabares and replace him with Diego Alonso paid rich dividends. The former Inter Miami boss oversaw the transformation in fortunes, and four straight wins helped them secure a third place finish behind Brazil and Argentina and ensure automatic qualification. Luis Suarez may be 35 years old, but he remains an integral member of the side and scored in three of the four wins under Alonso. Back now in his native country, he recently helped his side Nacional win the Uruguayan Championship by scoring two in the final game against Liverpool. He will be hoping to mentor Darwin Nunes, who plays for one of his former clubs, Liverpool, the English version. Us Ghana fans do not need reminding about Suarez. He was very much the villain of the piece in the quarterfinals of the World Cup in 2010, when he handed the ball on the line in extra time, denying us Ghanaians a certain goal and the chance to become the first team from our continent to reach the World Cup semi-finals. 
Although Suarez was shown a red card and Ghana missed the penalty, it was Uruguay who went through to the semi-finals and ultimately finished fourth. We failed to qualify for the World Cup in 2018 and just about qualified for this World Cup by the skin of our teeth. We finished level in the qualifying group with South Africa but advanced through to the playoffs courtesy of having scored one more goal. Then we faced Nigeria over two legs, drawing both games. However, whilst the home match was a goalless stalemate, we were able to advance through to the World Cup on away goals. Our captain Thomas Partey and Ghana were desperately hoping he can replicate his club form at the World Cup. We have also been boosted by the recent decision by Tariq Lamptey, Brighton's main man, to switch his international allegiance from England to Ghana, just in time for the tournament. The odds at the moment suggest that Portugal and Uruguay are the most likely teams to progress through to the next stage, followed by South Korea and Ghana, who are the outside of the quartet. The opening games will see Portugal play Ghana, while South Korea face Uruguay. Then it's Portugal against Uruguay and South Korea against Ghana, before the final set of matches. Ghana from what I've seen are the lowest ranked side in the tournament, which is a far cry from the highs of 2010. However, despite their squad being littered with stars, Portugal didn't impress in qualifying, and having played an attractive brand of football for the level of players they have at their disposal, conservative, their manager will be under pressure. South Korea finished second in the qualifying behind Iran, and Paolo Bento has been in charge for four years. At the last World Cup, South Korea went out to Mexico, Sweden and Germany. However, their win was against Germany, and while that was a high-profile win, his performances, Paolo Bento's and South Korea's will be judged against the teams they play around them, and ultimately whether they progress. Uruguay, from what I can see from the other three teams in the group, other than Ghana, are the team arguably with the least amount of pressure on them. Hear me out, they'll be expected to qualify. They have a better group of players in South Korea, but they're in transition and have recently made Diego Alonso their man in charge. Will Portugal's dearth of talent see them through? Will dividends pay for South Korea? Yeah, I said it. Will dividends pay for South Korea? They've invested in football in their country, their domestic league is thriving, and they have amazing exports, but have yet to really deliver since 2002. And Uruguay, a country of just 3.2 million people, despite a slow start to the World Cup qualifier campaign, they're in a purple patch with Diego Alonso. Will Suarez hand over the torch? Pun intended. Will Valverde, Nunes and Araujo take the reins and lead this group to success? The 26-man squad for Ghana will be announced tomorrow. Before we close, equally as important as the World Cup is our programme this Christmas and our roadmap. As of today, the book is officially available for pre-order. Hi Andrew, my journey, the tales and journey of a ride-hailing app driver. You'll see all of this via my personal Instagram account of at Andrew Mensah Jr. That's A-N-D-R-E-W-M-E-N-S-A-H-J-R. I'll have a lot of book commitments to attend to, so I won't be in Ghana this Christmas. The book in NFTs, the proceeds, will be going towards a lot of the happenings and activities in Ghana, Ghana will still be taking place this Christmas, so there'll be a lot of things happening in the community. I have a page on our website dedicated to Ghana aid and our activities, but follow them on Instagram at ghana.aid. But as with what I said in the roadmap part 1, in the next 12 to 24 months, what would we like to achieve? 1. Attend an ID via tournament with education pathways to engage up to 200 players and coaches. 2. I'd like to provide scholarship opportunities. 3. Mentoring and education classes for players. And 4. Coaching and talent ID CPD with qualified UEFA coaches and tutors. In 2023, we'd like to support the local community in grassroots football via donations, kit, competition and pathways in both sport and education. And following the tournament, create a representative side with a games programme with further opportunities. And going into the following season, the 23-24 season, a development centre will be launched. You can find all this information on our website, teamgarnereu.com, under the roadmap. With the book's official release in January, there'll be loads of content to keep you entertained between now and then on my IG page from Tuesday or Wednesday from next week. 
The book is available for pre-order via the roadmap and via andrewmensahjr.com. That's A-N-D-R-E-W-M-E-N-S-A-H-J-R.com. We are finally here. The way is over for the 2022 World Cup. Get your watch here and get your face paint on. It's time to support your country. Look after yourselves. That's it for this week's episode. We'll be posting as usual via social media, keeping up with the stories that unfold in the coming weeks. As always, if you have any questions or queries, email us at teamgarnerU at gmail.com or tweet or DM us at teamgarnerU on IG or Twitter. Thank you. Take care. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.